Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of the Keel Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Alex Keel, alongside me, the insider of the insiders, <gasps> Tyler Keel. For those about to rock, fire, <laughs> we salute you. Literally, just as we were started recording, Boom Jenner. Boom Jenner. More like Boom Jenner. Boom Jenner. Boom Jenner. Gets the goal, and the cannon fires off. Jackets are up one nothing. Good start to the show, I think. For those of you that are at home... For that- those about to... Okay, wait, they haven't scored again yet, sorry. <laughs> For those of you that are at home that have no idea what we were talking about or whatever you're listening to this, by the way, make sure to use the hashtag The Keel Podcast or tag us in a post using at The Keel Podcast. That's our Twitter page. That is our Twitter page. We definitely want to hear what you're talking about and what you want us to talk about. That's a, oh, that's a, that's a bad penalty, Tory Krug. Oh, quit crying, you Michigan State boy. As I was saying. Sorry. Instead of watching the Leafs game like we would normally because they are out, we are watching the Columbus Blue Jackets. Hey, my room finally doesn't smell of that anymore, so can we what, just not... puke? Yeah. Two, so. screw, two screwdrivers ain't... Two, two screwdrivers, dude, that we trying I mean, that's what you sound you put, like. You put the hat on for the Instagram video, play Old Town Road, and what the hell? I sucker punched him when he was down. Yee! Anyways, um, yeah. You we're know. watching the Blue Jackets game. Yeah, well, because we need some game on in this kind of a big game. Columbus, first ever game at home in the second round. The first time they ever play, they're going to play in May at home for the first time ever. They're going to play in May for the first time ever. They, I don't even... 20- Thank you, Doc Emmerich. Uh, well, actually, no, 2013 they made the playoffs, right? No, they did not play in May ever, though. But no, that never was never played no, in May. That No, Alex, remember, 2013 was the year that all of them started in May because of the shortened lockout. They did not play in May. I'm going to prove you wrong. No, you're not. 2013, something like playoffs. Da, 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 da. David Krejci was the leading scorer with 26 points. That's just dumb. Do, 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 do. No, Columbus did not make it. See? They have never you're right. played you're right, in the month of Because Colum- Columbus made it in 2015. Yes. Because they, they only made it once in the Western Conference and yes. since they got these to me. Easier, that's During right. the Nash years. No. Yes. Oh, yeah, once during the Nash years, yes. Yes. And they got traded in 2012. Yes. And they somehow got better. Anyway, yes. It took like a couple years. The Tavares effect. What? The Tavares effect. What do you mean? The big name in the market goes away, and then they somehow get good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's it. I'm like, wait. That's what I'm calling it now, is the Tavares effect. The Tavares effect? Because for some godforsaken reason, the New York Islanders are just like, yep, we're we're gonna make the playoffs. We're gonna okay. make it deep in the playoffs. We can, but we can go over we're the. Gonna, fa- we're gonna talk about that in a second. We First can, of all, yeah. yeah, sorry. Talking about my Canes, the Crusade of the Carolinas is going strong, but taking a little bit of a blip. Two and oh, let's go against but, the Islanders. Against the Islanders, but uh, Adam Fox, Harvard defenseman. Traded from Carolina well, to the New York Rangers, well, former just, team well, of the Let's Rick just Nation. say, remember, he was drafted by Calgary. Drafted yes. By, drafted by Calgary, but then was involved in the Dougie Hamilton-Noah Hannafin trade, or that, this me, the trade that sent Dougie Hamilton to Carolina and yep. Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannafin to Calgary. Correct. Adam Fox is that deal you. going to Carolina. Yes. And I remember I talked, actually talked to Harrison Watt when he came on, because Adam Fox is one of the three Hobie Baker finalists, even mm-hmm. though they didn't even win a single game in the NCAA tournament, did they Harvard. Need to. He's a great player. Yeah, and pretty much led that team. But he said the biggest, the biggest thing is, hold on, is that it's a hard aspect to have it to convince a kid, despite how good a team is doing, to go play in a smaller market like Carolina, despite how good a team is playing. 
and he's from the Northeast, or at least he played in the Northeast in college. But, yeah. So he wants to play in a bigger market. And obviously the Rangers, you know, because Jimmy Vesey, remember Jimmy Vesey did the same thing. Remember, he was supposed to go to Nashville. And look how that turned out. Sure. That's what I'm kind of thinking. Because well, think about it right now. Yes, does he want to go to a bigger market? Yes. But at what cost? Well, that's why he That you're going to play first line minutes on guess, a shysa team? Well, well, he's a defense. Well, he was, dude, let's be honest. I think with no offense to Dougie Hamilton and, and uh, Joe Pesci, or not Joe Pesci, excuse me, Brett Pesci, I'm getting my Italians. Yep, yep. Can, can Pesci! Um, I think Adam Fox could have been in the playoffs right now if you wanted to. Uh, I'm not saying I'm not saying he had the same impact as Kale McCarr. No. But of course, he, I said, he, of course, then again, I said Kale McCarr wasn't going to have zero impact whatsoever, so maybe, who knows. Yeah, you, 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 but he didn't want to sign, so he held out, and Carolina said, well, let's take advantage of this, and they traded him today. Yep. Can you read off the, uh, well, actually, no, I'll, I'll say, actually, no, you, you read it off, and then I'll tell you why it's good and bad. Well, Adam Fox was traded to the Rangers for two picks, a, 20, a second rounder this year's draft, and that is, new. that's the Rangers pick, so it's going to be a higher-end pick in the second round, and then the, uh, the next pick, the other pick is a 2020 conditional third, the condition being, if Adam Fox plays 30 games next season for the Rangers, that that third round pick becomes a second round pick next year. So Carolina could be looking, and I honestly think for sure, because given the fact that the Rangers are a rebuilding team, that he'll play 30 games and Adam Fox, and then Carolina got two for, two second round picks for a college defenseman. Just remember that. Just remember that. I don't think Jimmy Vesey's stock was even that high. Okay, you, you say college defenseman like it's a bad thing. And no, I, I'm not I, saying it's a bad thing. What I'm saying is a guy that's never played in the NHL. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, neither is a junior player. Okay, if you're talking about like trading a first-round pick for like Jet, going for that first overall pick, that's different. Adam Fox was not a high-end draft pick, if I'm not mistaken. Well, neither is two second-rounders. I think well, J- but uh, I, well, getting Adam two, Fox was, um, I almost said Jim Fox. No, Adam Fox, he uh, he went in the early second round, didn't he? I'm taking a look at that right now. He's a 98 from Jericho, New York, so that's why he wanted to go back to the Rangers. That's fair, but... Drafted... Same token, No, though. third round in 2016 by Calgary. Third round, okay. Third round, yeah. uh, 66 overall. I really thought he did better. So that'd be high third round, so whatever, you know. But I know you're saying. Well, because don't forget, Alex, it's, it's hard for some players... To get those, especially college guys that play on smaller, not big name programs. Right. Harvard is not a massive program. They never no, have it, been. It really isn't. It's been a long time since Harvard was a perennial powerhouse. They've had good teams here and there, but right. Have, but so, especially in so, the Ivy League, when you're going up against a team like Princeton, you know, it, it's it's hard to get lost, in, or it's not hard to get lost in. The but mix. like, of course, there's Yale and other teams like that. Yale, 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 Yale. It's pronounced Yale. Harvard it's, it's, versus Yale. This is not like LA, cause like Yale, we're not going to LA to get tacos in LA. You know what I'm saying? People that are listening right now, are like, what the heck? Letter Kenny, look it up. Spread like the plague, LA, LA. But no, I. Oh yeah, you give your piece on it. Sorry, go ahead. Well, okay, so I'm. I I'm got, not now. I was gonna say before you say anything. I'm not saying college defenseman as a bad point. I'm saying unproven college defenseman. Now, like top end prospects like Philip Zadina, like Connor McDavid, guys, those top 10 first overall picks, first round picks, those guys have proven themselves to be in that position. 
That's why people trade up for those things. Well, how do they prove to be them? They never they played. Do, they are they phenom- never but, but they're but phenomenal they... in junior. But but okay, Adam Fox, Adam Fox, Adam Fox was phenomenal in college with what conditionally he had. But he before, was in a situation but, where he didn't play for like like you're talking about Philip Zadina, Connor McDavid. You're not well, of course he, he, he was did not he was drafted for a perennial like high class team. He was not in a you know first grade program. Okay, he so, was drafted. So he was com- a great player for what Harvard. He was. was drafted coming out of the U.S. National Development Team. So that 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 speaks volumes. Correct. So that's why I'm saying. Obviously, his his stock has gone up. That's what I'm saying. But it's a lot to give up for. No, yes, this guy could be an absolute grade A defenseman. He could be a top pairing guy for the Rangers next year. He no question the, about it. He could be the next Brent Burns before he became a not so good Brent Burns. He got old. He's getting exactly. older. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. He got traded for Minnesota. That was his downfall. No, I'm kidding. It's a joke. I mean, he did. He did some good stuff there. Anyways, so I'm going to say why this is good and this is bad. And this, I'm talking as a Carolina Hurricanes fan. So, Hurricanes fans everywhere, listen Hurricanes to... Hurricanes fans, if I were you. No. Why? Yeah, Hurricanes fans, if I were you. We don't have the be, camera on, do we? No. No. Be thankful that this happens because we are investing in the future. We're getting two picks that have a lot of potential, you know, even even if Adam Fox were to not play 30 games and he plays a lot of the season down in Hartford. I don't, now, I, hold on, hold I'll on. I'll let you go. With the asterisks there of it's a great possibility that he will play over 30 games. I would say great po- it's a possibility. The same thing, we're all going to die tomorrow of global warming, but it's okay. Right. Think about where Adam Fox came from. Was a th- Jericho, New York. He the walls a, of Jericho. He was a third-round pick. From there, he got better. Grew his stock. And so so there's our third-round pick right there. Another Adam Fox potentially down the line. And a second-round pick. That's why it's good. Why it's bad, however, is because... Yes, Carolina's losing a possible great defenseman. Exactly. He is a... He is but, a... Sorry. I want to say... Top to second tier prospect. And when I say second tier, I mean if, if you took a tier of 20. Upper a, tier of two. He's like... He's a, he's a solid prospect. And he's got a lot right. of potential. If he were to be drafted now, he'd be a first round pick. Yes, I do absolutely. agree with that. He would be a first round pick. So right now with his stock, how it is, and how he's projected right now, he, he would be, you know, potentially, you know... Uh, a top four player, but in some markets with Carolina, he'd probably be five or six with how they've developed on the defensive end. Don't get me wrong. Well, right now he'd be a five or six, right? That being said, he has a lot of potential and he could have had more of an impact and more of an upbringing with Carolina. I think, I, well, I think it's a disservice to Adam Fox to go play for an organization just where, because he wants to. I where he's not going to necessarily develop as well as he could in Carolina because he's not surrounded no. by so much talent. I, I can't think, I, what I can no, well cuz I'm I'm correct in saying Jordan Stahl's done, right? No. He's still he's looking good right now. He's looking good right now in the playoffs. He's scoring. He's not done. Are we talking about the same guy? Jordan oh, Mark Stahl. Oh, Mark Stahl. Yeah, Mark Stahl's oh. a gong show. Yeah, no. Like, think He's going to learn a lot from Mark Stahl. Here, Here. kid, here's what... Adam Fox. Every time Mark Stahl goes on the ice, Adam Fox should look and be like, this is what I'm not going to do. Exactly. That's the best he's got. Cat from Morning Skate can abide by that. Exactly. 
Mark Stahl, he's, he's the example of everything not to do with an opportunity because Mark Stahl had his amazing opportunity with the, all the publicity. He was good when Henrik Lundqvist was king. Exactly. What do you mean he's still the king? Shut up. No, he's not. <laughs> that he's- being said, if he were to play with Carolina, and I'm saying this is a bad thing for Carolina to be able to develop this talent, and as well as Adam Fox to develop in Carolina, he doesn't have a plethora of talent when, you ha- when you're talking about you know, Dougie Hamilton and the entire defensive core you're that right. in Carolina terms of team, has developed you're talking about into a, team a that, playoff and possible Stanley Cup contender. You're talking about... Ugh. Okay, it's 2-0 <laughs> in the I'll, second I'll, round. That's I'm, I'm excited. I know, get excited, but it's, hey, fans are excited! Sponsor, but what I'm trying to say is, Adam Fox, it's a decision he wanted to make. Now, I'm going to say this right now, in terms of having him play, I don't think, he, there's no way he misses Hartford, Okay. There's no way he misses going, well, playing with the Rangers the entire season. Why? Because in a situation like this, you put a guy that can that'll play with an NHL team. So when the team is better, he's ready to be the top guy that can play 25, 30 minutes a night. And I'm not disagreeing. With, yes, we've seen it before that guys have done that, but I don't think he's the caliber of player to do it. I respect your opinion, but I don't think that's going to happen. Now, well, not in the position. That right said, now. I have a massive issue. Oh boy! With the fact that players can do this, it's it's a player's market these days. Players can determine what they want, and they get what they want. Jimmy VC was, believe it or not, before before the William Nylander. Actually, Ryan O'Reilly is probably the first one to ever really do this. Kind of turning into senior eight. No, no. If you think about no, it, no, 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 no. Well, no, no, and and the fact that if you know, if eh, you talk well, about like, if you talk about like the Fed or the SPHL, no, you you can trade a guy all you want, no, but if he refuses to go there. He's not going to play. Well, that's how it's always been forever. But I'm trying to say is like, it's like the, I don't say the Eric Lindros effect because that was, you know, 30 years ago now. The Eli like. Manning effect. I'll get drafted high, but I don't want to play there. Well, the Trade point, me. The point is, is that, because like when Ryan O'Reilly held out with Colorado, wasn't really a big deal. Because why? He wasn't the substantial. It was kind of a big deal. It was, he was a great player. And then when Josh Anderson did it, everyone laughed when Josh Anderson was doing it here for, um, for Columbus because he's not he wasn't he was not good enough I think to hold held out, but then you see Jimmy VC not wanting to sign with Nashville who was on the verge of becoming a Cup contender because he wanted to stay in a bigger market like New York. And let's be honest, I listen Jimmy VC is a talented hockey player. He hasn't done jack squat. I'm sorry, hot take, call it all you want. He's not a major impact player on that hockey team. And you know I think that's a better thing for Nashville. I think Nashville kind of well Nashville got better out of it. Hey, they're fine. They're yes, they're out of the first round this year, but they still have the talent. They're exactly. gonna they're gonna try to retool. But going in towards Adam Fox, it's kind of a similar thing. Carolina is a team that's getting better. Now, who knows? Maybe this is a Cinderella run, and who knows what happened next year? Who knows? I, let's be honest. Who knows? This game is weird. Parody is real. Okay. Who knows if Carolina will be good next year? Maybe Adam Fox will be right. Maybe Carolina t- falls next year to the bottom of the league. Who knows? Maybe Carolina goes to the top of the league. Nobody. I really hope not. Well, I hope not either because I like to see a market like Carolina thriving. Exactly. The, look at the crowds. It's, a, it's great. But if Adam Fox goes to New York just because he wants to play there and is, I mean, let's be honest. Yes, he's going to get paid out of that three-year ELC if he plays well. But what's he really going to get out of it? Four or five years of rebuilding? Three or Well, not, I was saying four or five years. We'll say two or three years. It's tough to look at it from that because, yes, you'll develop. And by that point, like I said, when the, while the Rangers aren't good, you may look good. So when you get out of that ELC, 
you'll get paid big money, and the Rangers will be hopefully a decent team at that point. So it may, it may work. It may not work. It is interesting to see what could happen out of this. But one, one, one takeaway I have from this, it's a bit of a stretch. And <clears throat> you can cut me off if you want. <clears throat> I kind of think of this like when Mike Green got traded to, De- to Detroit. Mike Green went there to play for the sake of playing for an, an original six team. No, because he got traded. No, Mike Green wanted to go. If you if you think back, oh, you mean when he resigned? Yes, I understand that. Right. He originally went there with, oh, I'd love to play for Detroit. I'd love to play for an original. Well, 16. because he knew his time in Washington was done. He knew he was not. He was not the same Mike Green he was early on in his career when the Capitals were winning Presidents Trophies well, after you know Presidents what, Trophies. But I, you don't know what I'm saying when I when I'm saying he. It kind of to me it sounds like. He but wants, it wasn't like he, he was, wants to go to play. He wants to go play for a team just for the sake of playing for a team. But he wasn't avoiding signing. It's kind of like Tavares, but he sucks. Well, not not necessarily. Adam Fox sucks, but the the, the team is not good. The the I, I see where I, tra- I see where you're trying to go, but it's very blink. And let me try to explain it for everyone that's at home. You want to play for a team, and you want to sign with them, so you stay there. But however, Mike Green was not just going to avoid playing for one team. Adam Fox was going to avoid playing for the Carolina Hurricanes, simply because of the fact that he didn't. Want- Do you think he was going to play for Calgary? He had a better chance. A better team and a, be- a bigger market. Yeah, but what what's to say that they're just going to fall off the face of the earth just like Carolina? Because they just became hot uh, just this season too. Well, they no, they were Calgary hot. and Carolina. No, they actually know because the they put a whole season. They put a whole season together. That's what Calgary did this year for once. But Carolina put a season together. Don't be don't well, be Caroline never. But what I'm saying is is that he may have had a better chance because Calgary was a better team. Calgary is a much better team and a bigger market. So maybe he would have stayed. Who knows? Johnny Hockey did. Johnny Hockey would have been in Adam Fox's uh, ear. Not necessarily a bigger market. Calgary? A spread out market. Calgary, yes, is much bigger than Raleigh. It's not a big market. It's much bigger than... Dude. Carolina is twice the are size we, of wait, are, we, are, we, are we talking sports market or are we talking hockey market? Just you know, hockey market and sports market. No. Raleigh, North Carolina is... That's it. In North Carolina, Raleigh is just the Canes. No, it's not. It's not just no. Charlotte is yes nearby in terms of in terms got, of in state. You got Raleigh, and you've got this thing called North Carolina, the university. It's a but, huge market, but, I, but I'm it's, not, an, it's an underappreciated market. It's a college town. Exactly. Columbus is it's actually huge. a city with a Columbus town. Chapel Hill is a college. It's Columbus built- is a city with a Columbus town. Col- with a college town, sorry. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's like Ann Arbor. If you didn't have if you do not have the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, it'd be another suburb outside of Detroit. Well yeah. Kind of like Frazier. But Frazier decided to develop uh, a junior program there. But it's yeah. a pay to play program. But exactly but it's but, a market. But I'm trying I mean, it's not it's a, a good market. market. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a tier three dude. It's no, I'm not okay. going to, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to know, not going to. Anyways. But what I'm trying to say is that Calgary is a much bigger, Calgary is the biggest market in Alberta. Edmonton, yeah. Edmonton yeah. can go like itself because it's, it's not even close. Edmonton's just too north <laughs> and Mark Spector and <laughs> it's too Mark Spector. That's what Edmonton yeah, is. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll leave it at that. But it's, 
what I'm trying to say is that Adam Fox had a much better chance signing with Calgary than he did Carolina. Okay. Simply because of the fact that clearly his mindset is, I want to play in a big city where I can make a lot of money. And like I said, Johnny Hockey would have been in his ear saying, saying to come here. And he would have done it too. Talking about the Canes, they are two up against the Island. And I will say... This I, is music to my ears. And Islanders fans... Country music to my ears. Islanders fans, I'm sorry. I said that being in Bar- Brooklyn in the Barclays gong show of a farmhouse would not have been anything worth it. You guys were loud. I'll, I'll give it to you. You guys made the trip on the, the subway or the train, whatever, on the sound going across. But... Or some of you driving across the Long Island Highway, whatever the heck it's called, where you all get stuck at 5 o'clock, whatever. But it didn't matter one darn bit. Nope. And I'll say this. It, you cannot say in those first two games it wasn't because they didn't try. Buddy, Peter Morazic played outstanding. Peter Morazic for Vesna. Peter Morazic. How about for a first-round Vesna? Maybe. Well, second, you mean second round? Because let's be honest, Peter Mrazek wasn't amazing like that against Washington. Okay, fine. Second round Vesna. Well, I don't know now because he's out. But the point is that in game one, Islanders threw everything at the kit- and the kitchen sink at Mrazek and did not work. And Jordan Stahl, after a lucky bounce off the backboards, gets the goal in overtime, and Carolina wins. And Leonard himself, both goaltenders, I was watching that game, and I'm thinking, this is my type of hockey. Two goaltenders making save after save after save after save, watching going back and forth. It's like watching a game of ping pong, except actually exciting and not short. It went forever, it seemed like, which made it awesome to watch. Because I love watching, I love goaltending duels. I'm not a fan of 8-5, 8-7, whatever high-scoring hockey games. It's For me, it's annoying. I don't like it at all. Now, I'm not saying enlarge the pads, because then the game just gets boring or whatever, but at this way that game was, was great. Game two, almost the same thing. Islanders outshoot the Canes 27-18. Canes win by a one-goal margin. And who gets the win of all people? Curtis McElhinney. Ain't not a backup any anymore. Well, we'll get to the injury stuff in a second. McElhinney comes in, second period, makes 17 stops. It's a solid freaking performance. And... You know Mike Babcock is just staring at Kyle Dubas at like at his contact on his phone thinking I should call this man right now. Because by goodness. I I should tell I should, I'm gonna say it. I told him he was a good player. I told him he was a good good pro. He traded him. Dude, he, My I, baby McElhaney. It's the funniest thing. Like, how is McElhaney so good? I'm like, I understand, yes. Because he's been good. Well, it's funny because, like, it's NBC losing. Like, how does he win 19 games? I'm like, have you guys not watched any of Toronto's games the last couple years when he plays? Dude, when he played for Toronto, he was on fire. Yes, in the limit. Yes, and when he only played 19 games in the season, but that's neither here nor there. That's Babcock mismanagement again. Okay, that's like, when he goes 17 for 19, it's pretty damn good. I mean, like, it's it was amazing what he was able to do. And nobody believed he could do it. And the fact I that did. He, you did not. Yes, I did. He, okay, yes, he was better than I Yo- was. Pre- he was. He was. Yes, you're right. You were happy. Why? Because it was better than Jonas Enroth. <laughs> no, you want to know why? Because I liked McElhaney. I trusted him in the net. And you know what? That's why I was praying to every god under the sun when he went to Wait, Carolina. Ro- Roman or uh, Roman or Greek? Uh, for the sake of time, let's go with Greek. Okay, so yeah, Zeus, Apollo. Them boys. No, no, Apollo would be in. He'd be with the sun. That's kind of his thing. So, all right, he's next to the sun, whatever. But you know what I'm saying? Anyways, 
But McElhenney, has, he's been this good. Now here's the biggest question. He has never been in this kind of a situation before. He's played in three, including, including the other day, including Sunday, three playoff games. He played some, came in a backup role for a few minutes in 2009 with the Hawks. Last year got lit up four goals in game two against Boston. And on Sunday, this past Sunday with Carolina. Can he pull it off? And let's be asked, I can, I can say this. The question with McElhinney for the last three years, with especially the tears of Toronto, is can he be a good enough start? Can he make can he provide good enough starts and give his team a chance? And the answer has always been yes. So now we go again and ask, can McElhenney be big in the playoffs? Mrazic is day to day, but they play tomorrow night. Will the two days rest off help him? I don't know. A pole groin is bad, okay? A pole groin is a pole groin. And I'm surprised he stayed in for as long as he did, too, because he hurt himself early in that second period. So it makes me honestly wonder. I mean, if I, I'll be honest. If you're Brandon Moore, yes, you want to win. But you got to, for the sake of Mrazic healing, you give McElhenney game three. You give McElhenney game three at home because, A, it's at home in Raleigh. Crowd's going to be rocking on his side. I really think that you have to give McElhenney a chance. you got to give him at least one game. Like I said, for the sake of Mrazic healing, give him one game. And if it works, it works. Don't forget, Cam Moore didn't start the playoffs for the Hurricanes in 2006. Martin Gerber did. Now many people remember that. Why? Because Cam Moore won the Smythe. Now I'm not saying Curtis McElhenney is going to go out and win the Smythe trophy. But he's a capable enough goaltender to play these minutes when he needs to. Now, I'm trying to think of, I don't know the last time McElhenney ever started in back-to-back games. I Actually, I don't think he's ever had. Well, he probably has. Yeah, he played, when he, played, he, when played, he played, on, played with Columbus. He played on some pretty bad Columbus teams when Steve Mason was not Rookie of the Year, Steve Mason. Don't forget, he also played with Phoenix in 2011. What, for a cup of coffee? I know Mike Smith, well, no, Mike Smith was not there. because Mike play, Smith He was played in, seven games in Ottawa. Mike Smith was there in 2011. He was with Tampa in 2011. He got traded and started with Phoenix the next year. So that would have been, oh gosh, 2011 Coyotes. Who would have been their goaltender? Um, No clue. But I'll put it this way. Ready? In the past five years. Berzgalov! Duh. In the past five years. And I'm talking, so let's go with 2014-2015 start. What's your source? Uh, NHL.com. Okay, I just want to make sure. He's from London, by the way. Good to London boy. Save percentage for the past five years. Average. You're talking regular regular season. Make sure you put games played too. Okay. Can, so you, can you do that? Second. Uh, first one. Okay. So 2014, 2015. 32 games played. 0.914. Really? This is with Columbus, right? Make sure yep, you need, the, yep, this Columbus. Don't forget, 2015, this 2016. Columbus. 18 games played. 8, 0.89. Rough year. With Columbus. 2016-2017. With Columbus. Seven games played before getting traded to Toronto. 9-2-4. That's, in a, that's just with Columbus or the whole year? With, just with Columbus. And then with, with to Toronto, Toronto. 14 games played. 9-1-4. With shutouts against Carolina. Correct. Two, I think two of the, them. Let me check just to make sure. I, I know he had one because I remember it was, a, it was a hometown hockey game. He had a shutout. Like No shutouts. No, no shutouts with, or no, he had one shutout. One shutout with Toronto that year. 
I think that was 20, killing. But anyways, go ahead. 2017-2018 with Toronto, 18 games played, 9-3-4. He won more games this year than he played the entire last season with Toronto. Do we need to go over another Babcock rant? I can make 15 it two episodes games in a row. saved, 11 wins by himself, only five losses. 9-3-4. The reason... I don't it's know. It's the wh- best save percentage in the league. Dude, I don't know why dude, they treat him. He was a, he was 29. Se- okay. Dude, he tw- was 10 more games for being a candidate for the Vezina trophy. Exactly. <laughs> Wait for this. Carolina, 33 games played. 33 saves. Yeah, or 30, 33 games saved. 33 Tw- games started. Or excuse me. 33 games started. That's that's what I meant to say. 20 wins, 11 losses, 9-1-2. This guy... Don't forget, don't forget, he had a pretty iffy start. He did have an iffy start. I will give him that. But sort of that the whole, being said, when on average, your... Save percentage your is like 9-19. Over your career is 9-0-9. That's because... Of that's above high. 900. And that's even including, you know, the game, the times when he played with Calgary and he had an 8.85 average all season. I know this is an incorrect thing to do in terms of actually adding up stats, but I'm just going to give me the save percentage one last time. I'm going to add them up here quick. Of the past five years? And give me the, so 15, what was 14, 15? 14, 15, 914. 914. 15, 16. 890. <laughs> Go ahead. 924. Wait, oh, oh, so it was 924, and then what was this with Toronto? 914. 924, 914, so 919. Got to put it in the middle, sorry. Yep. Yep, go ahead. 934. And this year was 914. 912. 912. And that's divided by, it's last five years, divided by five. His average for the last five seasons, including that bad year with the 890, is 914. For a backup Haney. That's a starter. I don't care what you say. That's a starter. I don't care what his record is in the playoffs because, you know. Well, he's, well, he's never. Okay, you can't put his record in the playoffs because he's played, like I said, three games. None of them have been in its entirety. He's never started, never played a full 60 minutes in the playoffs. So we can never say, well, his record, yeah, his, his playoff record is very minute. His sample size is no more than a shot of espresso. You can't see a cup of coffee. Not even a shot of espresso is how much... a shot of espresso? Well, I don't know what kind of shot of espresso you're getting. You're probably getting drip pan coffee. But what what I'm trying to say is this is an opportunity for him to show off how good he is. He just looks like your uncle. That's pretty much what it is. That's the best part about it. I love it when he he plays like the guy that plays Sunday Night I love his beard. Yeah, he grows a beard because he he can't grow anything on top anymore. Rogaine is not his friend. Not not to mention his cheeks are a little bit... uh, He... He looks better with a beard. He should keep that a year round. It's, it's funny because he, he plays like a guy that's playing Sunday Night Beer League or Friday morning drop-in. But, but he's, he's good. But he does the job. And, man, I'm excited for tomorrow night because, I, like I said. I am too. Like I said, you give him the start just because of if you don't, if you really don't I'm have, telling Uncle Mark, if we're not watching that game, I'm livid. You think he has TV out there. All of my phone he will be does. fine. He does. All of my phone will be fine. But the point is that. You give McElhinney start tomorrow simply because Mrazic, if you want him to play again, you give him rest. You have to give him rest. Exactly. And if it works, you look like a genius. If it doesn't, you, know, you try to put Mrazic back. I, you know, I wouldn't give, I wouldn't put Mrazic in until they go back to the Islander, until b- b- back to Brooklyn. Because like I said, a pulled groin. If they go back to Brooklyn. If they go back to Brooklyn, you're right. I, I, I'm saying the Islanders have a better chance of winning a game than the 
Hurricane 2 sweeping. I'm just saying, it's a much better chance. But what I'm saying is they wait to go back to Brooklyn because as coming from someone who's had horrible hips his entire life, you need a few days on the couch and in the bed and in the hot tub to rest up your groin area. It's not comfortable to try to skate on it. You can play with it. I've done it. It's not comfortable and you're not 100%. Fun fact, hot tubs aren't necessarily good for your muscles. I don't care. They make me feel better. It's better to do an ice bath. Do an ice bath. Oh, actually, no, the thing is you do an ice bath and then you do hot tub and then you go back to the ice bath again. I've heard that. That sounds bad for your testicles. Well, when you're playing the playoffs, you don't care about your balls. <laughs> you just play like you have big balls and you tell everyone else that's all you do. But if you don't got a big... <laughs> can't even say the quote. Um, you got, oh, oh, yeah. If you don't have a big heart and a big bag of knuckles in front of the net, you don't got dinky do. Thank you, Mr. Alaska. Thank you, Mike Myers, doing a random cameo that was completely uncredited. It's wonderful. Carolina has a lot going for them. Oh, sorry. What are you doing? Sorry. Uh, my thing all of a sudden popped up saying Milbury got flinched at, flinched at the cannon. <laughs> Good. <laughs> but, but that was about to rock! Oh, ah! I got the Kentucky Derby odds up. Omaha Beach. Omaha! Oh, my gosh. How do you not cheer for that? Omaha! There's four for one odds. See? Okay. Why would you cheer for that? You know it's going to change. Well, here, it's good. Uh, ah, get it? Because it's get audible. It because Omaha is audible. It's an audible. Omaha. Omaha. Well, okay. I'll be honest. If you ever do betting Can for we the move cons- on? Okay, we have to talk about how we got to talk about how the Islanders are gonna do. Oh, they're, they're gonna lose. Well, okay. The Islanders have done nothing wrong. They just have ran to a really hot goaltender. That's the problem in these playoffs. But I think I think you got to keep doing what you're doing. If you're in New York, just keep pressing. Eventually, the puck's going to go in for you. You just have to keep pressing. Now, the fact that you've had back-to-back games, yes, where you went four straight against Pittsburgh and just ransacked and didn't allow Pittsburgh anything, not the light of day, but now you're going in against a Carolina team that's pretty much made you look vulnerable, very vulnerable, at least in terms of, like, offensively. So I think what they need to do is they just need to keep pressing and they need to get more shots. Fire everything from every direction. Yes, you're a defensive-minded team. But clearly, the Carolina Hurricanes have shown that they can hang on with a very tough defensive team. That's a fair point. So, I think the Islanders, I think the Islanders are going to get one here in Carolina. I, I would like to think so, but like I said, the, hurric- the barn in, in Raleigh is going to be loud. It's going to be rocking. Why they don't play the Scorpions is beyond me. What? Scorpions, Rocky like Hurricane. They play it every game. Well, that should be their walkout. They, it that's, is. It's, oh, is it? It is. Are you sure? Yeah. From what I don't remember, I don't think it was, but... Here they are, your Carolina Hurricanes. Here I am. Dinna, dinna, rock you like a hurricane. Come on, come on, come on, come on! Okay, you just broke the speakers and everyone's cars and headphones. How do you make you feel? Feels good to be a hurricane. Feels good. Sorry, I was thinking about that Rick and Morty episode where they do the purge. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Feels good. Or Morty just goes on a just massive rage. Just a, a do- complete murder spree. Like, that's what I always say. I'm like, see, that's why I can never get a glimpse of blood because I, I don't know what happened. That's I would, alien blood. Okay, you know what I'm saying? No, I mean, I'm saying like, like Morty gets the little taste of like killing someone, then he just goes nuts. Back to the Columbus Blue Jackets <laughs> and Boston Bruins series. The Which title. Is, they're tied at one. 
And Columbus is up 1-0 with 11.30 left here in the second period. Thanks, Johnny. Battling hard in the corner. McAvoy works it out. Krug in there now. Gets stick-checked by... Oh, come on. You, like you can do 920s. Let's go. 1920s. Let's go. Get in there. And it comes up the chip, chip towards center ice, and the, here come the Bruins. It's Heinen. Heinen across. Oh, and whipping that one was crazy. Back there way comes Dubois. Columbus changing. Dubois gets tied up with a man, and the puck's chipped out by Krug. Insert Doc Emmerich out of nowhere. Waffle Martin! <laughs> it's a legitimate call. You're right. No, not many goaltenders that use a blocker with these waffle boarded, but anyways. Let's talk about... What the heck? Krug's got him in a headlock. Punch him. That boy, Bjorkstrand. Get in there. Let him know you're there. Let him know that East Lansing is an overrated town. Oh, a couple shots. Hey, hey, good thing Krug... Hey, you know what? Hey, if that guy had played for Dallas, he would have fallen down. Yeah, well, you want to know why? We'll talk about that later. Bjorkstrand, you can see him right there. He's like, you want to go? You want to go? He don't care. Pasta got twisted up like a spaghetti noodle. Oh, Pasta's hurt. And I I understand what you said there, and I appreciate that. He appreciates yeah, that. that. That was a good one. Thank you very much. But so the fact that you didn't acknowledge let, it at first made me this. very disappointed. Atkinson and Martian. Well, okay, cool. let's talk about the series first. Game one. Fine, we'll talk about the series. Boston looks pretty good. They get up to one nothing lead. And I'm thinking, oh crap, it's not gonna be like last year where Boston won, dominated game one, and then stunk the rest of the series. Boston looked at a much more complete team, even though Carol or Columbus scored back to back goals in 15 seconds. Charlie Coyle, arguably probably the biggest deadline pickup in the NHL, underrated at least I could say, really had a really good game, got the tying goal and the game winner. In game two, Columbus played a much more complete game, but Brodsky made a much few bigger saves when he needed to, and Columbus gets the win. Now they're back here in Columbus, but Alex, yes, Marshand and Atkinson. So uh, Brad, okay, by the way, if you don't know hockey, you've been living under the rock for the last, I don't know, 10 years or so, Brad Marchand's chicken blank. It's not chicken blank. Brad Marchand is good as his, at his job. He What his job, or what, what, what he gets paid to do. The fact that nobody straight up clocked him is... He big. scores, he makes great plays, and he gets under your skin. He got 100 points this year for the first time ever. He scores, he makes plays and he gets under your skin. He is one of the best players in the world. The problem is, is that it's, and it's, I don't want to say it's the same thing like Dougie Gilmore, because Dougie Gilmore used to be really good at it too. And everyone feared because of Wendell Clark. People fear going after Marsham because you have Chara. Exactly. Let's be honest, folks. You can avoid Chara these days. You just have to skate around in a circle. He won't catch uh, you. Not when the whistle blows. No, when the, no, you just got to be away from him. You can skate away from him. It's easy. He's slower than dirt. Yeah, but okay. Buddy, if, if it's the not, Great Dust Bowl, the dirt and the Great Dust Bowl move faster than Zidane Chara. <laughs> if it's not Zidane Chara, it's Pasta. Pasta, okay, yes, because Pasta will slash you upside the head too. Exactly. But that's not. A, I'm just saying the fact that all my, the all the Boston players they have that thing about them. You know the, the right re, the it's, red it's, mist that we talked the, about, Kadri. It's, it's the Boston. Yes, it's the Boston. Same thing with Philly. They have that it's just ingrained big. mentality of being a physical team. Now, you're right. This year, Boston has not been nearly as physical as they have been in years past. But the point, They still have it. You're right. And when they need to, they use it. And, 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 and I'm not saying that it's necessarily, you know... You know oh! The, oh, he missed an open net! Freaking Was that me. Atkinson? Oh, sure his, heck, hope his, not. that's his stick, man. Somebody get that man a new stick! 
Oh, and Mark talking about his stick. Did Marshan Marsh- take a penalty? Marshan's been. Oh, Marshan took a penalty. How ironic and coincidental and everything else that could be. Oh, that's hilarious. Is that blood? Is there blood? Nah, he got. Question mark. He got, oh, <laughs> oh, he missed it. And then Boone Jenner gets stopped by Chara, which is hilarious. And then, oh, I missed the penalty. Okay. Anyways. Well, anyways, we'll show it back so, after the break. So, um, we'll be back after this. Brad Marshan's been doing his job. That being said, him and Cam Atkinson have been going after each other. Finally, Marshan's going after someone his own size. That being said, I want to say one thing. It's beautiful. I love seeing this because it's it's gamemanship at its highest level. Nothing screams, you know, welcome, welcome to the series, buddy. Welcome to the playoffs. Then Brad Marchand on a face-off on the wing, right next to Cam Atkinson, stepping straight on the blade of Cam Atkinson's That's stick stupid. and breaking it. It's gong show stupid. I would have sucker punched him. Why you didn't want, you? Because I, you would draw a penalty. Because I'm not Cam Atkinson. Exactly. I'm sitting here in a basement doing a podcast with my brother. I'm not Cam Atkinson. Yeah, this show is going to go downhill when we both move out. Oh. Well, you can be a current guest on the new show. The My show is better than my old one. Show. show. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's say, a horrible title, but hey, it may work. It's got show... Three times. Uh, yeah, three times. Three it's times. such a good show. We have it three times. Um, no, but no, Boston, Boston's been playing well. I think Columbus has been, you know, hard going at it, going in deep into the corners, doing everything. Boone Jenner has been playing well. Um, that line, Jenner and Atkinson and, and not Felino. Um, that's not Bjorkstrad. Panarin. Isn't it? No, no. that's not no, Brad. No, 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 Red's no, no. with Felino. Left wing lock. Come save the day. Everyone's like, how do you not know this already? I'm like, okay, I'm sorry, everyone. I'm not the crazy, super analytical guy that knows all the Corsi 4 and whatever and all that. Jenner's actually been playing a lot with Riley. Of course, Riley Nash, who got conked in game two, and Dubinsky as well. By the way, can we get the underlying fact of Brandon Dubinsky calling out the Boston crowd on local media? Dude, why not? Well, it's funny because, like, Brandon Minsky's one of those guys that, unless he has a big game, really doesn't get talked too much by the media. He's not like Felino, who's the captain, or Bobrovsky after a great game, or Brett Panarin playing great. It's, he's one of those guys that's a, he's a role player. So he goes on like, oh, it's going to be louder in game three back at home or whatever, because that's what the local news guy, whoever it is from, it looked like Channel 4 in Columbus, whatever. And it's funny because they use that in the hype video, or like the hype right after the anthem. Before the game three here. Yeah, to get everybody loud, get everybody going. And it worked. <laughs> and hey. Well, I got everyone hyped up. If Toronto Maple Leafs can use Steve Dangle in their hype video, they can use that interview. Well, yes, because it screams. He just is a Leafs fan. He just screams and stuff. Are you in? For those about to rock, fire! Wait for it. I want it. Ah, there it is. Got it. Sorry, you guys probably didn't hear that back at home. Matt Duchesne just scored, so, okay. Yes, yes, I know we're Leafs fans, and we shouldn't like Columbus, because I'll be honest, when we play Columbus, We're fans of theatrics. Chris Johnson's there right now. He's probably crying under the desk, because he hates the cannon. But I I love the cannon, okay? I love the cannon. It's a great thing. It's Theatrics in hockey is beautiful. I mean, I'll be honest, you can't have fireworks anymore, because fireworks just makes everything smoky. 
That's why they. That's why many teams also damages the ice. Well, that too. That's why. Like I remember the old IHL. If it was, if it was the, no, if it was the fact of like fireworks and stuff like being too smoky, why would they have smoke machines? Well, because they don't. They're they're limited. I think that's the thing. Well, okay. Remember the old shows we had in Grand Rapids? Hell yeah! The old shows we used to... I used to skip because I used to hate fireworks because they were just loud and I'm not... Dude, I'm just saying this right now. The AFL made entrances cool. Oh, the AFL was great. You want to know why? Because they required every single team to have theatrics, including but not limited to because I, I had Dude, actually had an interview... Fly- I actually had an interview with an AFL official... That was in the front office and everything. Of, One of the six teams. Yeah, of, no, of the league, of the league. It was of like the, the league office. The floundering. It league. was a required. It was a requirement that you needed these things, if not limited to smoke bombs, fireworks, smoke machines, flamethrowers, etc. Well, it's funny because like I, I just remember, like the AFL when we had them in Grand Rapids, the Rampage, the fire, the pregame, the the pregame show they had had more pyro in a 10,000 seat arena than the Patriots ever did in the 80,000 seat stadium in Gillette, in yep. Gillette stadium. Which it, one was more entertaining? The rampage. Well, it's us. Cause we were there for that. And I was at the arena bowl and stuff and that was cool. Shut up. <laughs> that was cool. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> you can freaking suck one. Hey man, I'll be honest. I'm suck one. I'm a witness to history of a team that doesn't play there anymore. Oh, I thought you just scored again, but it's a big save. Anyways, um, back at the ranch, as Thomas Beyond would say. People are going to hate this episode. Oh, they're going to hate it because they're like, what's with the tangents? Listen, folks, just let us be, okay? We don't have tangerines. Mother Mary, preaching words of wisdom. Let us be. Down, down, down. Let us be. I feel like let we us totally could have gone somewhere else Let with us that. be and let us be. No, I'm not, Paul McCartney. Whisper, Leave me alone. Whisper words of wisdom. Tangerines. Dun, dun, dun. What? <laughs> We're going to throw on a random fruit here. No, Tangents and Tangerines. Remember that episode? Tangerines, yes. Tangerines. Well, we got to look at it from this game. Talking about Colum- Back to Columbus and Boston, by the way, the series we were talking about. 2 0, 532, left in second. And you have the home crowd on your side, obviously. Oh, yeah. It's a raucous crowd. And you, you only have about 20, 25 minutes left of game time. What do you do if you're Boston? If you're if you get, now, Grant, yes, it's only going to be two one. It would only be two one if they lose. But then you have to come back in Columbus two Again. nights from now. I just it's so hard, and and I it it's, it can never be understated how important home ice is. It really is. There's and we're going to get to Dallas here in a second about home ice advantage. I, like it's not underrated. It's important. How loud a building can get can affect a game. That's why it's almost. That's why it was always a moniker of when it was the Air Canada Center. It used to be as loud as a church because why? Because it is. Montreal is loud. Edmonton during their bad years was louder than the ACC. I'm just saying it's it, it's a it's a sad fact. Yes, when the playoffs come around, of course fans get crazy, and yes, it becomes different. But there are some barns that are tough to play in. Dallas can be tough. Columbus is clearly showing that they're tough. And yes, I you know what? Brandon Dubinsky may have just been shooting his mouth off, shooting blind. But when Boston gets down, the fans start to panic. They don't know what to do. They're just like, oh, we're Boston. We're supposed to be good forever. No, they, they, were, they don't know what to do now. 
they're playing poorly. They're like, we can't, they don't, they don't, they can't cheer. They try to think of something to get excited about, but when the games, when a couple games when the Leafs went in there and kicked them up and down the ice, they were quiet. It's hard to cheer for something that you don't have confidence in. Right. And that's why, that's why like, that's what separates die hard fans from regular fans. Well, yes, because Die die Hard's a great movie, but that's not the point. Um, Nothing, really. It's not Christmas yet, Ty. (sighs) Anyways, but I had had an example, but then you killed me with it. I killed myself with a Die Hard reference. Um, It's it's very hard. okay, Okay, how about this? Talking about work. It's hard for you as a broadcaster to get excited to call a game where you know they're going to lose. Right? So, one of the teams I call a lot this year, then. Yes. Eh? Yes. It's hard for you to get amped up and ready to go for a game when you know it's very likely the team's going to lose. It's very hard. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, like, fans that are blind, like, Columbus fans, like, are blind cheers sometimes. They just cheer for whoever and everything's great and awesome. Like, Nashville was in 2017. Dude, just cheer just to cheer. Yell and scream. We're down by four. Who cares? Yeah! Yeah! We're hot chicken! We gotta go to Nashville these days. We were going to. We gotta hit that Broadway hard. Oh yeah, I'll pay for it. Another Ram tangent. Okay, we're pretty much done with the Columbus series, so we can actually go on this tangent. Did you hear the story about all these bachelorettes, bachelorette parties, complaining about the NFL draft being there and ruining their bachelorette parties? Because because Broadway was an absolute gong show. You know what? You can bleep this out. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's so dumb. Like, of course you'd be like. of course they would complain about something like that. I'm like, ah, I'm, we planned this thing for so long. The NFL, the NFL draft is planned that they're going to be in Nashville for a year. <laughs> Look it up. And, and the worst part was they were blonde, so it just helps out. <laughs> By the wait, way, folks. Wait a second. We're blondes. We got to guess blondes. Because we, we know. <laughs> blondes know blondes. And I can tell you right now, it makes sense. I'm not stupid. I'm, I'm pretty smart. You have some remotes, Alex. Okay, just after I come home from work and I decide to not get my word straight is different than... Bobrovsky's so- swimming like a fish! Sorry. <sighs> hey, my outbursts are going to happen during games. Okay? I don't care. I don't care that these people <laughs> and their bachelorette parties and yippee yappy yoo don't care. However, did I tell you that? that uh, Tennessee has a lot of beautiful places to go. Knoxville. <laughs> go to Knoxville. <laughs> Well, that's about it. It's all you got. Know. Knoxville and uh, you know what? Chattanooga. Yeah, hey, you got Chat. If you're willing to drive for it, go to Wichita. It's Kansas. Kansas. <laughs> it's Kansas. <laughs> we are in Kansas now, Toto. <laughs> well, actually, I tell you, uh, Kelly's older sister, her friends that work with her, met Taylor Swift. Okay, and oh. sorry, she made a big deal about it, so I thought it must be important. I mean, it's kind of cool, but. Well, they got a selfie with her, too, and stuff. Oh. That's pretty neat, I guess. Moving on to San Jose and Colorado. They're tied at one. McKinnon said something about Crosby Hold that on. I didn't hear about. Tyler Phillipson. Well, okay. So, game one, Colorado plays. They start out well. They play really well. But then Jumbo Joe Thornton turns the clock back to 2009 and plays really well. Scores a couple goals in, in the meantime. Or, excuse me, a couple big plays. And... San Jose wins game one. Game two, a little bit different. Actually, kind of similar. Colorado gets out in front, but this time they hold on to the lead. I liked Colorado's response in that game, but I like the way 
that car I, going back into Colorado is going to be important for the Avalanche to take advantage of their home ice. Now, the biggest story, of course, we're talking about is Nathan McKinnon. I mean, of course, we always talk about Kale McCarr and Philip Grubauer, despite game one, has been really solid in these playoffs. But Nathan McKinnon could have single-handedly have won himself the if the heart if the heart nominations were made after the playoffs or during the playoffs. Let's be honest. You would not have McDavid, Kucherov, or Crosby. It would not be that. Uh, Kucherov. Well, in terms of, yes, in terms of him being the Art Ross trophy, he'd probably be an automatic bid. Yeah. But McKinnon, if this team does the thing, that Smythe trophy is going on his mantelpiece because he has been outstanding. And remember we talked about on the show, remember the whole the whole blow-up they had on the bench with McKinnon and Bednar and then Landeskog pushing him over? By the way, he got pushed over fans, if you didn't remember. Yes. But that was almost, a, I don't say a turning point, but it kind of it kind of calmed McKinnon down. But it's funny, like, McKinnon, don't forget, they're both Cole Harbor boys. And so they both they both train together, they both practice together. Get to Cros- the point. Sorry, go ahead. Get to the point. Okay, Crosby has really been a huge part of McKinnon's development. Since those couple, after that rookie year where they made the playoffs, he had a couple of bad <clears> years. Well, Crosby was able to convince him to kind of do different things, you know, cut his diet, his work ethic changed, and all this good stuff. So... The night before game one, the quote is, so McKinnon was asked about how Crosby affected his career. And one of the things he said was, he said, quote, just before game one, he told me not to see how Calgary is going to come and just go attack them and dictate the pace of the game. Which really turned, I mean, if you look at it, despite losing game one, Colorado dominated Calgary. And if it hadn't, like I said before, last week when we talked about it, had not been for Mike Smith, Calgary would not have been even close in those five games. Because Nathan McKinnon, just put the team on his back and drag that team. I don't say drag the team. There was, you know, Landeskog played well. McCarr played well. Miko Ranson was huge, of course, and Grubauer. But it all starts with the leader of the team. And yes, Landeskog wears the C, but McKinnon is the guy. He is the go-to well, yeah, guy. yeah, it's like how Morgan Riley's going to wear the C, but Austin Matthews is the guy. Or Mar- or Mitch Marner's the guy. Yeah. Well, I don't say Just because you're the guy doesn't mean you need to be the captain. That's why I'm saying. That's why I think that. But you can just tell the way. That's why I don't think Matt. That's why, personally, I don't think Matthew should be captain. Just because of that fact. Now, staying with Colorado here. I like the way that McKinnon has matured. How he's really. Yes, I know. Yes, he blew up at his coach on the bench in front of everybody. Well, you know, it happens. Okay. But the point is that how he's been so Calm, cool, and collected. It's so, it's the way he's played, yes, in an offensive role compared to how he used to be, but Nick Lidstrom always had ice in his veins. We saw it firsthand when he stared through us with his beaming eyes. Remember that? We sat ringside. I was was legit. Okay, this is, this was going through my mind. It's okay. Let's, oh my God, it's Nick Lidstrom. Oh my God, oh my God. And I'm looking at him saying, this is 2012. So I'm saying, one more year, one more year. He is staring daggers through my head, through both of our heads. He is looking at us like this is the, this is after a TV timeout. He's just staring right at us like we're just some idiots. He, he okay. Had, Nick Lidstrom is the definition of a of a game face. He he really is. He's the nicest guy you'll ever meet. Loves loves talking to, to the media. Loves doing all this different. Sign stuff my in the helmet. Community. Sign my helmet. He lo- he loves kids. He lo- and it's especially it's been a, basically a product of like him and having his kids in like youth hockey programs. He loves going to games and stuff and. He doesn't mind it when, you know, kids that are, you know, like, can you sign my jersey, sir? That kind of stuff. He loves that. 
because he, he he knows what it means to the kids to be in that situation to meet their hero, that kind of stuff. But but when he steps on the ice, when the puck drops, not even before the puck drops. No no no. When and like because we watched, um, I think it was like a third NHL kind of oh the exclusive. NHL thirty six yeah yeah the NHL thirty six yeah, where it was with Nicholas Littrum. Oh, they're reviewing a call right now on that puck crosses. The- yeah, that's a goal. That's a goal. Yep. But needless to say. Even 12 hours before the game, Nick Lidstrom is going. He's there. He is in the game. He's so focused on his oatmeal banana. I remember his oatmeal banana. Yeah. I remember that. That's what made me start eating oatmeal before games. I don't know what it was, but it, if Nick Lidstrom can do it, so can I. Well, we all know how that turned out. Yes, well, okay, so, well, okay, for the record, the oatmeal kind of get, went out and the beer came in, so that kind of really, really hindered all uh, it development. Was so, it, was, it was some sort of like, Grain carbohydrate. There was something. carbs in there's carbs in beer. Unfortunately, the uh, hinders you a little bit and slows you down, and that's why it's called beer league, folks. Beer league. Needless to say, Nick Lidstrom, great player. Now, how does this relate to Nathan McKinnon? That's how McKinnon has played. He just looks so focused and locked in. It's dangerous for the other team. He has been an absolute force to be reckoned with in these playoffs. Now, how is it going to go tomorrow night? Or, uh, or no, it's tonight, right? Tonight's game three. Yep. How is it going to go tonight? Because they're on the, they're on the same schedule as uh, the Boston Columbus series. Right. They're back in Denver. Home ice, of course. And they which got, is going to play a huge factor because Denver can get loud. Not to mention it's high up. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Everyone I, forgets that, and it pisses me off. Denver. Colorado has a blatant advantage already because they are so far above sea level. It's the same reason, Tyler, that I kind of think the New New Orleans NBA team, they kind of have an advantage because how far low they are compared to sea level. It's it's such a... It has an effect on your body. Most people don't even re- realize, though, they'll, they'll talk about, you know, the, you got the atmosphere in the state. How about the atmosphere outside of the arena? It does if it does come into play. Yes, it's indoors, but it's not like they can, can it's not climate control in there. Exactly. It's still how you prepare that for much the game. Higher. When you go to your morning skate or you do something like that, you come out, it's a different kind of feeling. So, going back to never, yes, they will have the environmental advantage. There you go. And by the way, First of all, I didn't have a problem when I went hiking up there. I did, I did feel different when you're hiking up a mountain. Okay, but how how long were you in Denver before you were hiking? Never. Uh, I, one day. No, one night. We got up there on the Tuesday. We went hiking on Wednesday. Or it was Monday, but we hiked the next morning. Yes. Okay. So it wasn't like I, I didn't have time to adjust. It just, it just was my thing. I don't know. I guess you can say I'm a slightly conditioned individual. But then again, at the same time, you were just doing some light hiking with your girlfriend. Now, if I was friends. running up the mountain, eh, it's a... Uh, exactly. Nah, 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 nah. Hiking? Nah, nah, nah. Doing light hiking with your girlfriend? I would have been a moose's breakfast. Doing light hiking with your girlfriend is completely different than playing an NHL I was game. I pack mule. Light hiking my ass. It's not my... Hey, what the f***? The reason why we decided to cut out that that last bit right there that you didn't really hear because we cut it out and bleeping and such. A lot of bleeping, yeah. Is we decided to swear a lot and cuss like sailors. Well, okay, what happened was at the end of the second period between Columbus and Boston, Charlie McAvoy decided to blindside hit Riley Smith. 
Riley Smith, after being ran by Chara early in game two, is probably not feeling the best, and it was a blindside hit after he got rid of the puck. So I was not too happy with that kind of a hit. It's a dang shame. I said dang. A dang shame. You can say damn. You just can't say the things that we said, because I said a lot of ungrateful things, and I'm pretty sure Pops is rolling over his grave, and the Lord's going to strike me down in the next thunderstorm. Nah, I'd be fine. But anyways, back to the show. So, Riley Smith has got brain. Well, he didn't get really Let's brain move brain. on to the next one. San Jose, Colorado. Do we have anything else tied- on it? Not oh. really, no. Okay. San Jose, Colorado, tied at one um, in Denver right now. Central Mountain Time. No, no. It's Mountain Time. Whatever. It's not. You can't have. Yeah, we're in Eastern Central Time. No, it's just It's just Mountain Time. It's Miller Time, Mountain Time. Even though it's Coors out there. Yes, I know. Shut up. Yeah, with the with the. With the crisp cool. Yes, I like to be hydrated too. I drink one Coors every day. Hydration's key. You're nasty. It's a joke because it's water. Yeah. Coors Light is disgusting. Coors is mostly disgusting. At least it gives you I would not know. I'm just saying, for your future reference, Coors Light's disgusting. Never drink it. Mountains are blue. Sure, yeah, because it's refreshing and cool. Talking about... You may as well have ginger ale. Talking about the blues. The fart. They are up 2-1 to the Dallas Stars. Yes, they are. Or should I say 2-1 on the Dallas Stars? Now, Blues have been playing good. Blues have been playing all right. They've been, they've been looking good. I, I, I have to give it to them. Jordan, they, Benning, Jordan Bennington. No, he deserves Rookie dude, of the Year. Calder? I, dude, I, rookie of the Year. Now, I'm not going to say this is a playoff deal, but Pedersen is playing golf right now. No, no, no. It's as not, is Rasmus Dahlin. No, it's not even a... But the, what I'm saying is, is that Jordan Bennington has made such a difference on the Blues that that's why they're in the playoffs. Yes, around yes the team. Yes and the whole, no. Gr- yes, yes, I, agree, and I no. do agree. The whole team's playing. Tyler Bozak looks like a capable second line center again. And it, Leafs it fans all, knows that it that all was comes never- down to who you have on the ice. You have to remember what Maple Leafs team did Tyler Bozak play with. He was a third line center who played on the power play. On what team though? On the Leafs. But I'm saying is he... With what defense? That's exactly. That's what we've been asking for a long time. Exactly. <laughs> that being said, Bozak has always been a capable forward in this league. He has a spot on every team. The fact that the Blues got him was a blessing. They have used every single key that they have on their team. And Patrick Maroon. Well, we'll get to that goal in Patrick a second. Patrick Maroon. He, he, does, he is a great player. He's been doing well. Hometown boy. Hometown boy. I think, and I, I, I go back on what I said earlier because I, I, I said that the Blues do not deserve to be here. They've changed my mind. They they are, they're 2-1 up, two up, on the Stars with good reason. Well, legitimately, and we'll talk about this in a hot second, well, no, no, they no, are no, legitimately not. up 2-1 right. in the second round. But I will say... Ben, Screw you, Tim Thomas. Ben Bishop's... What? <laughs> Remember when he played for like the Blues oh, for a hot oh second? Oh my gosh! <laughs> no, 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 no! He played for Dallas. He played for Dallas and Florida for a hot second. Oh, that's right. That was that year he tried Who to come. Who played for the Blues? Oh, good. Berder. Os- oh, I know. That's right. That's right. Screw you, Berder. I don't care about your Hall of Fame ring and your ish and your uh, your your eat your uh, uh, enterprise yeah, commercials. That's what it is. Yeah. It takes me many places. Never do. No. Um, the thing is, is that <laughs> in my come my you. Take all the equipment for my youth team. All goalies. All goalies. Shut up! <laughs> you can't win like that, Marty. Goalies can't take face-offs. 
actually they can't. They got a really big okay. Waffle Barnet. The, <laughs> the point is the fact that I think Ben Bishop in game one was really bad. And he here's the problem. He's given up goals like that all all playoffs. Even in the Nashville series, he allowed a couple bad ones. The problem is that if Ben Bishop if he just gives them up at the wrong times. Including the goal, the game-winning goal last night for Patrick Maroon. A bad angle goal that he probably should have stopped, especially with his size. And where he was, he should have saved that. He's six foot a hundred. He's six foot twelve. Yes, at seven foot, I know. Shut up. No, he's a big boy. He can move. He can move. He doesn't move as well as some goaltenders, but he can move enough. He gives up the bad goals at the wrong time. And yes, I'm still abiding by my Dallas and seven because there's a lot of a lot of hockey to be played here. There is, and I I, I don't really have a, a pig in this fight. Well, you picked him in six, so your boys better reel off three straight. Yeah. <laughs> but I, St. Louis, they've gotten the job done when they needed to. They have played, and they've, and the best part is, John Shannon Hockey Central keeps saying the last couple weeks they're not playing, they're playing fast hockey, but they're not a fast team. By that I mean they're moving the puck efficiently, they're moving it quickly, they're getting pucks up and down the ice quickly. Their breakouts are fantastic. I'll be honest, this team can get the puck in their own zone and be out in like two seconds, not even two seconds, less than that. They are a very good moving team without having the speed that the good moving teams have, the fast teams have. That's what the difference is between fast hockey and speed hockey, if that makes sense. They're fast because they're smart. Yeah, I got what you mean. They're fast because they're smart. They don't have the willy-nilly speed. Tarasenko is probably one of the fastest. They move the puck fast. Correct, correct. And that's what has got That's what got Winnipeg in round one. That's what and Boston that's is. And that's literally what, what Boston is. And that's what's got Dallas so far here in round two. Now, now. Let's get to the point of the match here. The main event for this series. What in the goodness gracious world is Essa Lindell? Die, die, die! This is, it sounds like a freaking submarine. Die. Now, okay. The best part is his quote after the game saying, quote, I'm not that kind of player, end quote. Uh, you kind of. Okay, let's. You let's, made it look like you are. Let's give this here. So let's go. Let's set the scene, Alex. Why don't we? Die. St. Oh, by the way, uh, they're showing here 25 years ago, the San Jose Sharks upset the Detroit Red Wings in the first round of the playoffs. Sorry. Anyways, they just popped it up on the intermission report on NBCSN. Talk about Nicholas Lidstrom. He was on that team, and that was Chris Osgood's rookie year. Anyway, sorry. Back to the story and... Setting the scene. In the third period, Robert Bortuzzo and Esselindel... Well, there's a battle going on in the corner. Robert Bortuzzo and Esselindel start pushing and shoving. Bertuzzo gives him a cross check. Lindell falls down, and I'm not going to be like Jeff Merrick and say he fell down lightly. He dove. He flopped like he was selling a Stone Cold Steve Austin punch, or a people's punch. And then, Lindell gets up again. He gets cross checked again. Falls down again. Like he's selling the Hulk Hogan punches. He gets up the third time. Bertuzzo cross checks him again. Like he's selling the John Cena punch, he flops. And then finally, the ref says, enough of this BS. Bertuzzo, I'm going to give you for doing a cross check. And Linda, get the heck off the ice. You can stop now. You said set the scene. I know, but the scene's over. But I'm saying is it's stupid. Now, I, I know what you're going to say. And yes, I do agree with taking them both. because Simply because of the fact that if there's ever a dive, if you ever see a trip or a slash and ends up being a dive, you take both because A, the act was there per se. So you'd call the cross check on Bertuzzo because of the fact why he actually has cross checked him. Clearly not as hard as Cordy can cross check Joe Pavelski, but here's another there. 
But the fact of the matter is that, yes, there was a cross check, but Essa Lindell just flopping all over the place. My goodness. And John, John Shannon today said there should have been four minutes because of the two of the, well, of the three dives, two of them should have been called. Because one of them was actually okay looking. The other two were just travesties. Disgraceful. Um, you make up call. You flop three times, Alex. Make up call. Flop three times and you only get called for one. Now, well, the league's got okay, to. Oh, the no. league has to step in and at least find this man. They should. That being said, That's Bush. Let me let me give my opinion. So I get there's embellishment all the time, but straight up flopping. As a as an athlete that has been on on the other, on the other side of of embellishment. Oh, plays like you never flopped before. No, I, I never know. flopped. That's I never flopped either. And I'll be honest, I never. I you want to know flopped. why? Because if I got knocked down, because I you was just... above that. No, <laughs> no. If you get knocked down, you just get back up. It's simple. I'm not gonna flop. It's no point. Waste like time. watch a game from the '80s and watch the guys go through the hooks and the slashes and the holds and whatever. Exactly. Watch them do that. And now watch today. If anything happens like that, bam on the ice. Take the fall. Act hurt. Get indignant. One more time. Take the fall. Act hurt. Get indignant. That's what they do. All right. You're ready. Well, clearly, Essendell wasn't ready because fast forward towards end of the game, game's tied up late. Well, no, hold on, hold okay, on, hold on, hold on here. Well, I got to tell you what. Essendell deserved to go off the ice for the dive. That being said, there was, I would say, two major instances where I'd call cross checking. Well, no, I, I during the play and after the play. Therefore. Since Esselindell does not get four minutes, I'm saying that because the last cross check, the one where it was legitimate cross check, no, I don't, that was not called. I don't have a problem with the cross checks, Alex, getting called. I understand. Yes, the act of the motion was there in the rule books. He did exactly what a cross checking penalty would insist of. The problem is the fact that he flopped. And then, like I said, go to the end of the game. Game's tied up late. Patrick Maroon and Lindell are battling in front of the net. Maroon, I swear to goodness, pushes. Lindell. Lindell hits the deck harder than the people falling off the Titanic. Maroon somehow gets the puck wide open the side of the goal and puts a squeaker by Ben Bishop, ends up winning the game. Because Lindell flopped again. That one didn't get called. Why? Because the Blues scored. So Lindell is not just an idiot for diving. He's an idiot because he cost his team the game. You d- Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Lindell, his minutes got to be... Jim Montgomery had to have said something. That's... Yeah. Awful. This is the playoffs. You play tough. Now, I may get my, this may sound like my Don Cherry ass going on here, but that's stupid. Drawing a penalty, yes, you're, there are things you can do. But when you're costing yourself, you're costing your team, that's dumb. You straight up cost your team. This could be, this, Stars could have won that game in overtime, or they could have scored later in the third period. And Dallas would be up 2 1 in the series. But no, Lindell had to play selfish, thinking he could draw. You're not, now listen, Lindell knows, the, the refs know now in the series, that you don't call anything on Lindell because he's going to fall easily. That's why Maroon wasn't called for anything. The Stars are going to lose this series. Okay, I don't say they're going to lose the series because of Lindell, but that could have been a huge turning point in this series. Possibility. Dallas could have gone, like I said, they could have been a 2-1 favor for them. And we could have this whole this whole story, this whole narrative being flipped and saying how great Dallas has been and how Ben Bishop had a great bounce-back game. Instead, a squeaker goal that he should have had because of his defenseman taking a flop, taking a dive, because he thinks he thought it would have been better. Why? I don't know. I Justice don't know. was served. You're right. The hockey god said that's wrong. Blues win. 
They yeah. tapped on Patrick Maroon, the hometown boy, being the hero in a very ruckus Dallas crowd, which was awesome to see again. Yeah. It's a very that can be a very loud building when people actually show up. Yeah. I, and I, Any building can be loud when people show up and get rowdy. Except for Toronto. Toronto will never be loud. You want to know why? Unless because it's a, it's a damn mortuary. At times. Okay. Yes. Except for in the playoffs. Except for when Boston's around. Except for when there's a a big team in there, and it's a Friday or a Saturday night. No, that place. Yes. No. Is just a damn travesty. We went there, and the, everyone. We were the loudest people in our section. We were at the top of the bowl. No, 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 no. We were the loudest people in that entire arena. We were in the nosebleeds. No, we were second Toronto because we had the standing room people fa- and then the girls behind us and no, then no, us no. and then the AAA hockey team. <laughs> as a fan attraction, Scotiabank, formerly Air Canada Center, sucks. It's a stupid arena. You want to okay. know why? We were in the third like, level, which there were one. There was one bathroom. Because the- it's not filled with hockey fans. It's filled with businessmen. It sucks. Well, I would rather in go the to a, in the I would, I would rather go to a Toronto Rock game than a Maple Leafs game. If I'm going based on fan experience. So you're not coming to the bachelor party this year then? No, I'm going to. Okay, good. I'm just fight. gonna scream to make up for the rest of the what other freaking thousands we're sitting, thousands. We're sitting in the cheap seats, that's for sure. Because everyone's gotta buy their own ticket because, well, it's a little expensive for one person to buy all the tickets. Just have a buck and beach. What? A buck and dole. You can't have a bucket. No. Okay. Yeah, you can. Who do we know that can have a bucket no with? Yeah, that's okay. I'll pay for it. We don't have a. We don't have enough money. For, we, don't, we don't know anyone to have a bucket no with. We've known plenty of people. I miss going. I met. I, it's funny. Well, I tell you the story about when we came back from Canada. We went to. Uh, uh, River Bears. Uh, no, not Rivers. It was Chappie, River Town. It was Chappie and Brianne's wedding, or their their bucket no. And we went there, and we came back, and we told the U.S. guard, and we are coming back, like, what we were doing. And Kelly and I, this has only been our, we would have been in the middle of our second year dating. We hadn't hit our two-year anniversary yet. We had said, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, this is an idea, and they raised a bunch of money. I'm like, well, it's a good idea. I'm like, yeah. I told the guy, I'm like, yeah, this is what they do, and they raise a bunch of money for the couple. I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Maybe you should do that. And Kelly's like, hi, I'm his girlfriend. And I'm like, thanks, Kelly. And then, you know, a year and a half later, here we are, or two years later, here we are. Yay! <laughs> hey, I'm going to Leafs game out of it, so I'm okay with that. A yeah. um, couple quick side notes here. Uh, one, on Thursday, I should be doing the CHL Finals preview. Uh, the OHL, WHL, QMJHL Finals are all set. I'm finishing my reports for Puck 77 either tonight or tomorrow, which means Thursday I will do the show here on TKP. And uh, also, officially tomorrow, the CWHL will close. And, of course, you haven't seen yet. Seize operations. They will seize operations tomorrow as effective as tomorrow. And you saw that they were auctioning off the trophies, right? Dude, I want one. That'd be freaking dope. Well, you know I have enough money for it, but it's... it's, It'd be freaking dope. It's it's sad. Apparently, there was a... uh, According to an article in The Athletic talking about the future of women's hockey, that there was a call-in conference with both players from the NWHL and the CWHL regarding, and they just want to talk about like what their feelings were out of it. Cause now the world championships are over. They can start discussing this. Yeah. They've had, of, they had some time to think about one it. One of the things was that whether or not they should even, some players will even play next year in the NWHL players that played this year in the NWHL. Would they even play? That was a, that was brought up in that call and interview. 
according to the Athletics. So, if they don't want to play with the CWHL players, screw them. I don't think it's that. I think it's. I know. I don't think it's that. I just think it's just for the sake of the game and getting development of one hashtag one league. I think that's the point where they're trying to go for is that they want everyone to be on the same page before they go through with this. I think that's the message. I didn't read the entire article because we don't have the authority yet, but um, also 20, uh, yesterday is the 20th anniversary, first episode of SpongeBob. Hmm. <laughs> is it because he's dead? Uh, yeah, that's probably about it. Um, I don't have anything else to do. Uh, well, it's 2-1 now in sort of the third period. I got really nothing going else for this game because, well, as much as people love listening to my voice and listen to me call a hockey game, all the fans at Davenport, uh, I don't think these people would like to. Probably I mean, I can talk about IHL stuff, but you don't like that. Well, because it's not... You think it's a complete joke. It's... I, ne- I never said it was a complete joke. I'm just saying it's... It's so weird to start up a league the way you're the way it's starting because it's never been done like this before. I know. I'm just saying. I've got six hundred and fifty thousand dollars in sponsorships in my bank account. What do you got? Ah! What's up? What's good, cause? What's up? What's up? What are you doing? What, what are you? My best. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, be sure to talk about this episode using hashtag the Kill Podcast and tweet us at the Kill Podcast and tell Alex to calm down. Make sure don't use at TKP or hashtag TKP because that'll just refer you to the Turkish Communist Party. I'm good that. Anyways. <laughs> um, I don't got anything else to do. I got a show on Thursday, and then we'll try to do a show next week. We'll keep you in touch because we don't know when because Alex actually has home games next week for the Whitecaps. So this week you're off, so it actually worked out for us. Yeah. And you're done with class, so we can do shows in the morning if I have a day off. Um, oh, please. The coffee's better then. You better make me breakfast. And when I mean breakfast, I mean not bland eggs. Pepper and salt around those eggs. <laughs> S&P is the way for me when I'm talking about steak, not eggs. Make it spicy. Make it spicy. I'm Make it spicy. And spicy. Make it those spicy eggs. I'm going to slow it a little snack like spicy eggs. Mm. Oh, my. You can stop that right now. Mm. Oh, they're starting at like 8 o'clock mountain or central local time. And they said the start time for Colorado. Central game. Mountain Time, Ty? No, I said I said for... Mountain local time. What did I say? You said Central Mountain local you got time. Me saying, you got me saying dumb things, Alex. No, they're starting at 1010, which means they're starting at 810 local time and mountain time in Denver. In local time, Denver. Yes. Colorado, Denver, mountain time, local time is 8 o'clock. It's puck drop. Did you follow that? This episode will be up by then. Time is of the essence. Goodbye, everybody.